The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. All right, welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio. Norm Pappas joining us as a co-host this week. Norm, we've been on a roll together. You've been joining us for the last several weeks, bringing on some amazing guests to educate and inspire our Startup Nation community of uh, entrepreneurs out there who are dreaming big and doing big. Right, Norm? Welcome. Thank you. We have two very excellent guests today. You know, one will be uh, from a professional business manager, and one is actually a doctor, entrepreneur. Right. Uh, interesting. Should be a great show. Let's uh, let's get right into it. Our first guest, we don't want to waste a minute. We've got Mark Manzo. He's president of Ally Insurance on with us. Welcome to Startup Nation Radio, Mark. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great to have you on. And what we want to really talk to you about today, Mark, we want to learn a little bit about you and how you grew into the position that you're in today at a big corporation. But we also want to hear about how you're deploying you know, entrepreneurial-like tactics in a big business, and maybe what some of the challenges are, what some of the successes are with respect to that. But, uh, you know, we've got an audience of people out there wanting to grow their own little businesses into big empires like Ally, and we'd love to hear from you. So again, welcome. And Jeff? Yeah. One thing that'll be interesting, Mark went to Chrysler right out of school, was there 22 years, and became their president and CEO for Latin America, and then is now with... Uh, ally, and he's the president of the insurance company, as you said, but it's interesting how people go from step to step, but he in particular stayed with large companies. That's correct. And so with all that experience, Mark, tell us, tell us what your current role, you know, sitting where you sit today at Ally. So uh, as, as, as president of the insurance company, uh, we're one of the largest insurance providers for automotive dealerships. So all the cars that you see sitting on the lot at a dealership, somebody finances them. Uh, we're the largest, one of the largest provider of the financing, and then the insurance company. I, I come in and, and, and we insure all the cars on the lot. We also provide dealers with uh, what we call garage keepers, but think of it as the dealership's homeowner's insurance. You know, it covers their content and their mm-hmm. building. And then we also do pretty much all the products that when you buy a car to protect your car. We do vehicle service contracts. Uh, they're sold through the dealerships. It's a great way for customers to really. Uh, mitigate unexpected losses uh, for repairs. Uh, we do tire and wheel packages, all the F&I products that you might buy to protect your car at the point of purchase. So uh, we have a, a very large consumer book and actually a, a very large uh, dealer book. And on you know, overall, we write about you know 1.2 billion, over a billion dollars in written premium a year. And uh, I love the auto business and uh, being on the finance side for. Boy, many, many years, uh, pretty much almost 30 years, it was pretty neat to come over and spend more time on the insurance side. So I, I love it. So, Mark, we have to ask, you're running a $1.2 billion small business <laughs> uh, at a very large corporation. Obviously, obviously, I'm kidding. It's a, it's a big, big, big job. Now, do you get to feel like you're kind of, you know, doing your thing? Is it like running a small business or is the and being in a corporate environment? Do you feel the weight of bureaucracy and, and do you struggle to do the kinds of things you feel as a leader of this division need to be done? Well, I think anybody, whether it's a small business or a large business, you have to be in a company that has the values and ethics that you, you want to be a part of. And uh, I will tell you that Ally definitely has that. Uh, Norm said I left Chrysler after almost 23 years. Uh, at the time, it was GMAC. I came over to, with all the bankruptcies and you know, eventually became ally, went through a lot of change. And all that change going from a, a, a piece of a large corporation doing an IPO um, 
uh, allies definitely a place that that I'm aligned with the ethics and 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 everything that goes on from a uh, value standpoint. So I, I can be myself. And when you run something really big, I would say it, it might even be a little bit easier than running something that's small. Because when you're a small business person, you're your own CFO, your own HR. But you know, if you have a right the right team around you, like I'm lucky enough to have, I have a great team. And as the president, I can look at things that are a little bit more creative and I have the ability to look beyond the horizon and, and constantly say, what are the things that we, we should be getting into? And that's a really nice place to be. That's really cool. And then, you know, assuming that your ideas get blessed, the other beauty of it is you've got budgets available to execute and deploy these programs that you uh, advocate on behalf of the company. Unlike a small business that's got to really struggle to, you know, may have a great idea. It's another thing to get it executed. Well, you know, small businesses uh, probably go through a lot of the same challenges that we do. You always have to prioritize, maximize, and uh, figure out how best to, to invest. And, you know, Ally is a big company per se. And uh, we really look at ourselves as one ally. You know, we have the banking division, the auto finance division, the invest division. And, you know, I run the insurance company. And, you know, we always look at where's the best place to lean into if we're going to make an investment. So, um, yes, we do have some big budgets. But at the same time, you have to make a lot of the hard decisions that you'd make no matter how big that company is that you're running. Sure, sure. It's still a matter of prioritizing, I'm sure. I mean, you can't do everything, and I'm sure there's lots of good ideas floating around. Well, we're going to, listen, Mark, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run to a break. When we come back, I'd love to hear about kind of like what a day in the life of Mark Manzo was like at Ally. You know, how does a day like that look? So many of us really don't know what it's like to sit in a big corporate spot like that and run a big company like that and what those days are like. So we'd love to hear about that. And maybe get some people inspired to follow your path. And maybe you could help us, uh, you know, understand how to, if someone did want to get there, how maybe they should, things they should do, steps they should take to put themselves in position to be in a spot like Mark Manzo's in. All right, we're going to run to a break. Back with more Mark Manzo, Norm Pappas on Startup Nation Radio. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. We've got uh, Norm Pappas co-hosting and we've got Mark Manzo, president of Ally Insurance on with us in the it's an interesting subject matter. We typically focus on startups and small businesses and what that is all about. But today we're kind of focused with Mark Manzo on what it's like to be an entrepreneur leading a big division of a big company, Ally Financial. And Mark sits in the spot of running the Ally Insurance Division as president. So, Mark, before we went out to the break, we wanted to hear what it was like to have a day in your life. And I know Norm wants to add on to that question. So, Norm, I'm going to turn it to you and then Mark will turn it right back to you. Sure. So, Mark, Jeff wants to follow you around (laughs) by listening to you, but you also might talk about, I know how you travel and whatnot. How has the COVID changed your activities in the companies? Yeah, sure. So, aside from location, you know, usually get up at 5 a.m., exercise for an hour, plan out my day, and uh, usually I try to stay in the office on Mondays, and, and I usually travel most of the week. Not as much international as I used to, but always staying close to the customer. That's one thing. To be successful, you always have to stay close to the customer. Spend time with the customers. With technology, you don't have to sit in an office all the time. Sure. From a leadership standpoint, it's always good to make sure that you, you have good contact, take care of what you have to. Today, I don't travel. I still get up early. But now that I don't travel as much uh, over the summer, I get to work out at the end of the day with my son, usually at night. Uh, he, he did an internship this year, and, and he was around all summer. 
I started out working out of my house. My wife had her own routines and it just wasn't working. So I, I have a, a place not too far, about four miles from the house that I work from. But my day is a lot different. You know, our whole company, you know, almost 9,000 people all working from home. And we made that transition back in March. And one of the things I love about Ally, it's not only taking care of your customer, our motto is do it right. Do it right. Just do the right thing. So when COVID first hit, we're all working from home. We took care of our staff, got everybody the the right computers, and, and it's really worked out well. So I do a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of conference calls, a lot of contact with the customers that way. But in the beginning of COVID, a lot of it was how do we take care of our customers? You know, on the lending side, a lot of deferrals, the mortgage side, deferrals, the auto side. We just knocked that out first, made sure our customers were comfortable, our employees were confident that they could do what they have to do. And so my life today is I still get up at four, get to the location about four miles from my house, log in. And like this, I'm usually either on a conference call or speaking to someone pretty much through five, six, sometimes seven o'clock at night. Wow. And I, I try to get caught up on my reading. I cheat a little bit. I'm not really good at reading online. I don't enjoy it. So I have a printer that no matter where I'm at, I can email stuff through. Not only does it print the cover letter, but it prints the attachment. So if I'm if I happen to be out, I can pick up my printer at the end of the day or on a Friday night, and I can just sit down when it's quiet and go through and get caught up on all my reading and stay current that way. You know, Mark, I have to tell you, I don't read well online either. It's funny. I need a piece of paper in my hand. And Norm, it goes even for I've seen Norm with his to-do notes. He's got his little notepad and he's got his to-do notes, you know, paper after page after page. So uh, we get that, right? Right, Norm? I do, yeah. And I'm a you little know. older than both of you guys, so uh, <laughs> you could be more technologically advanced. We couldn't. Well, everyone can. And, and just when you think you get there, the ball moves. It's tough to keep up with the changing pace of technology. Mark, I'm curious, from a company culture standpoint, moving from being all in a location together physically to being all online, what have you seen positively or negatively with respect to the team and you know, ultimately the productivity and so on? I will tell you that uh, the team transitioned so smoothly and so quickly, I was super impressed. I'll tell you, productivity went up. I I think one of the things that we focus on now is telling people, make sure they go offline, recharge their batteries, don't get Zoom fatigue. We're more worried about that. And none of my colleagues or my peers are worried about, is anybody doing their job? Uh, Some of the challenges were originally, especially with call centers, getting the right uh, systems that could function quickly enough and support the customers. And uh, our, our, our customers on the retail side who, you know, finance auto loans with us or, you know, have insurance products with us were very patient at, at first. But, uh, you know, our IT department was, was fantastic, figured it out, and we've learned a lot. And quite frankly, a lot of the training and everything that we've done online, I think, is going to enable us well beyond COVID to get, you know, do more work from home and hire people in areas that we traditionally didn't hire from because we are going to be able to do more online. So I think it's pretty neat, that aspect. There's a big upside. It's amazing, Mark. And you hit on exactly, you know, I kind of led you down the path and I I kind of expected you to say what you were going to say about productivity because I hear it all the time. And it kind of begs the question, if productivity has gone up and if, you know, this thing is running like a smooth machine and everyone's at their home on Zoom meetings and so on, it kind of begs the question, about what the future of business travel for your company and beyond, uh, you know, for the sector and, and the, the, you know, also obviously have, needing to have physical infrastructure like we used to have before, like we've had up to this point. Some of those things are going to come into question, those legacy ways of doing business and costs associated with them. 
there's opportunity to take some weight off the books because productivity's up, right? It is. And I think what you'll see, the way I look at it is, you know, we're a growing company. You know, our CEO, Jeff Brown, better known as JB, from the day he took over, it's all about culture. So let me come back to culture for a minute. But as far as productivity, as you look at the need to constantly acquire space, you start to look at it and say, you know what, maybe we don't need to continue to acquire space. We can live with the space that we have and be a little bit more efficient. Does everybody really need an office when they're in or do we need offices that everybody can use when they come in? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a different approach. I think we'll see more of that. And I think some jobs can be work from home jobs and uh, some jobs can be part-time work from home jobs. Haven't figured out what that looks like yet, but I tell my leadership team, I'll leave that up to you guys. As long as the job's getting done, figure it out. Yeah, there's no question we're shaping a new normal for all of us, small business, big business, no question. So lessons learned from Mark for businesses. He is saying stay close to the customer. He is emphasizing values, ethics, culture, company culture, yeah. prioritizing yep. expenditures, but he gives a lot of credit to his team. And everybody, I don't care what your business is, stay close to the customers and have a great team around you. Yeah, l- let me jump back to culture real quick. The one thing that we do talk about as a leadership team is we don't want to lose our culture because if you have, it, it's challenging if you don't come into the office or you don't, if you don't stay connected somehow to that larger group, subcultures start to pop up and we want to be that one ally. We want to you know, continue to do the right thing and have a great culture that takes care of our customers, takes care of our communities, takes care of you know, our employees. So again, I don't see us going 100% you know, work from home forever, but there definitely is an advantage to utilizing it more. Yeah. Mark, uh, one thing I know everybody wants to know from everybody else in order to try to shape their own view on this. What does the future look like, do you think? You know, what, what, what's, a, what's a year out look like? We, we don't need to talk about five years. It's ridiculous at this point. We don't know where we're going to be two months from now, given the, the crisis we're facing in this country and broadly uh, worldwide. What do you guys, you know, as you do your planning, where do you think we'll be a few months out, a year out maybe? Well, it's always hard to predict the future. Of course. But what I can tell you is, what I can tell you is, let, let me just give you a few examples of where I think things are going. Change is accelerating taking care of our customers. We, we had some dealers that never closed down and their sales just gone. Uh, and, and even with the COVID right now, car sales are actually doing really well. Uh, with the manufacturer shutting down, what you saw was there's not enough new cars out there. So used car values are going up. But uh, I had dealers in Pennsylvania that were shut down that couldn't have anybody come into their showroom. But we worked with uh, a, a dealer in Southeast Pennsylvania even though his showroom was shut down, he had his best May ever, most profitable, and sold almost the most cars ever. And um, that was because he changed. So mm-hmm. I, I think what the future holds is lots of change, lots of acceleration. Mm-hmm. And those that can embrace change and truly engage and look for new ways are going to be successful. Yep. And those that wait for things to be the same or fight it are going to be on the losing side. Yeah, well said. Well said. Well, listen, Mark, I wish we had more time. We've exhausted our opportunity, at least uh, during this show. 
maybe we'll get a chance to talk to you again in the future. We'd love that. Follow your career and, and, uh, and follow Ally. I mean, it's amazing what you guys are doing and what you're doing for the company. Personally, we congratulate you and applaud you. And then thank you so much for being on Startup Nation Radio and sharing your story. Well, as Norm said, it's great to be here. I can't really take the credit. It's been a great company and I have a great team that makes me look good all the time. But thank you for the compliment. And I'll pass it on to them. Right on. Okay. Thanks again, Mark. And Norm, we'll be back with another great guest. Yeah, great job. Yeah, great job indeed. And we'll be back Norm with another great guest right after this break. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. It's great hearing from Mark Manzo at Ally Insurance. And Norm, got a really interesting guest on next. Really, really interesting. I had a chance. I don't know uh, our next guest personally, but look forward and hope to have the opportunity to do that. And certainly is an interesting story. He's an entrepreneur all the way through. Norm, bring him on. So Dr. Brian Weinstein is a psychiatrist but he has seven businesses. He's very entrepreneurial. He has a young family, and he's still a good tennis player with all of his activities. So, Brian, Jeff knows how to get underneath the hood of the car and learn <laughs> everything there is to know about you. Okay, get ready. You're welcome. Brian, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Good to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, your formal tra- you have some formal training. Uh, tell us about uh, you know, what your, if you will, your day job is. And then let's talk about the various businesses, the endeavors that you've gotten into. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so, you know, formally, I mean, I trained like every other doctor, um, you know, went to undergrad, then med school, then uh, residency. So between internship and residency, I took a year off to be a, uh, actually a ski bum out in Utah. So I've been a avid skier ever since I was about 10 years old. And uh, I decided to kind of engage in that for about six months. So right after internship, I got my medical license. And before I started residency, psychiatry residency, I did uh, three, four months working at a methadone clinic, working with substance abuse patients and uh, made a little money and took all that money and hiked it out to Utah and feed the mountains for another six months. Okay. And so kind of. Kind of did that and then went on and did psychiatry residency for four years. And, you know, so that's, you know, relatively classic. Any, every doctor goes through med school and then residency into their particular specialty. And then uh, after that, I started my own private practice starting out in uh, Livonia, Michigan. And yeah, I, you know, from that point on, my day job probably was, you know, psychopharmacology where I, you know, engaged in medication management as well as, as uh, supportive psychotherapy for, uh, you know, the general psychiatric population, treating us uh, all psychiatric disorders with a, a bit of a specialty in uh, traumatic brain injury. I kind of grew to love that particular uh, problem and started seeing a lot of traumatic brain injury patients. But yeah, I mean, primarily uh, psychopharmacology and supportive psychiatry. So you went from being a, a doctor yep. in healthcare, taking care of people and running that business and, you know, it's, it's interesting, but doctors have a stigma and you hear it in the business world. You know, well, if you're in business, you're not a doctor. And if you're a doctor, you don't know much about business. Right. But that's really far from right. the truth, really far from the truth, because, you know, doctors are running practices and they're, these are all small businesses. Some are large businesses. But you went beyond that and not only ran a successful practice as a business, but you've dabbled in, in, in more than dabbled now in a lot of other things, too. And we do want to hear about those other businesses. Before we get to that, I want to get to something really important. What's your ski place of choice these days? If you go skiing today and you had the choice to go where you want to go, where would it be? Well, it's always Alta, Utah for me, Jeff. So I, that's where I lived out there, and I've been skiing Alta, uh, Alta Utah in uh, Little Cottonwood Canyon in Utah. So 
I've been there for, you know, maybe 35 years now. So that's my number one place. It's my second home. And I go wow. there religiously all the time. <laughs> Sounds dreamy. Sounds amazing. Um, all right, let's get, let's get right back into the meat of it. So from moving from being a doctor and running your practice, you've launched a series of other entrepreneurial endeavors. Tell us about some of those. Yeah. So like, I mean, I really fell in love with the art of business, you know, and I, I felt that business had, was really fascinating, you know, kind of similar to a patient, if you will. I mean, they're, you know, the, the whole, the holistic aspect of a business, right? I mean, it's so multifactorial. There's so many facets to it. And it really is an art form. And the best part of this art form is the capacity to work with others. I mean, you can't, you can't succeed in a business alone. You have to work with others. And God, you know, as you know, there's a lot of psychodynamics and a lot of psychology of getting along with people and getting along with big egos or, or getting along with people with different aptitudes and, you know, different perceptions of how they want the business to unravel. So it's really, I really loved business from the standpoint of it really of the psychology behind business and the, the challenge. And for me, it was a great challenge because, again, I, I did not have a lot of, you know, business courses as a pre-med. I always joke that, you know, my, my biggest business course in college was Biochem 101. Mm. So, you know, did not have a lot of experience. Um, but I was always very entrepreneurial. You know, I, my dad was, you know, quite entrepreneurial. And I just really, really enjoyed it. So I went on you know, within my first year of uh, being a psychiatrist, I started a, uh, uh, I started a business that offered psychiatric and psychological services to uh, assisted living and nursing homes. And I started, uh, you know, I grew that to about 25 homes. Uh, but then I got more into an administrative role and I got a little tired of it. And again, it was, it was, you know, every business that you start, you learn something from. And what I learned is that, you know, I really needed to put a greater team behind me because I was doing roles that I wasn't, you know, either wasn't good at or didn't enjoy. And both of those are, you know, like kind of minefields in, in business. So you have to be good at it and you have to enjoy it. And if you're, if you're, you know, if you're the, and that gets you on the right seat at the, in, on the bus, as they say. Mm -hmm. So after that, I started a company called uh, ABR, Advanced Behavioral Rehabilitation. Still exists today. We provide classroom or lectures for the court system for uh, people in probation. So people get in trouble, they get in front of a judge, and then they, you know, they're court ordered to take our classes. After that, I started a brain injury company called Life Skills Village, which is an amazing company and it operates today. It's a wonderful company and we've really morphed into being able to treat really any behaviors. We are uh, experts in treating behaviors. We are experts in taking behaviors and, and moving them in, not just treating them, but bringing them in functionality back into, so people can get back into the world. So we look at people in a very holistic manner. We don't just look at disease processes, but rather we look at the whole level of functioning and we get people back in the world. So we started out as a brain injury company, but now we treat just about everything. And then let's see, I did that. I started a pharmacy, which is really an amazing psychiatric specialty pharmacy that delivers medications right to your door and is integrated with my psychiatry practice. And what's amazing about that is that we increase compliance because we automatically will do the refills and we ship the meds right to your door. A lot of psychiatric patients can become non-compliant. You know, they'll forget, you know, they might forget, they might just feel that they don't necessarily need the meds, but you know, for, a, for maybe a hundred reasons, they may not refill their meds. And so Peak Pharmacy integrates with my psychiatry practice, ensuring that 
my patients continue to stay on their medications, which again is a really, really huge component of ongoing mental well-being. Brian, I can't even keep up with you. It's amazing. Uh, now it begs a question. Sure thing. Are you? It begs a couple of questions. Well, several questions, but here's one. Do you consider yourself today a doctor first or a businessman first? Jeff, I will always say that I'm a doctor first. So everything I've ever done was putting patients first. I don't even really look at a lot of the financials. I got people doing that. They have to worry about the money or the operations. I really like to focus. Everything I like to do, Jeff, I like to focus on how do I make the world a little better place? How do I get patients better? I mean, I went to med school for that reason, and I continue to consider myself a doctor first. Amazing. You know, you're prolific, to say the least. I've got a couple of other questions on the heels of hearing this incredible story of you know, all of this activity that you're doing. But we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. I've got that question. I know Norm's got a burning question or two for you as well. Really interesting, fascinating story. We're going to run to a quick break and back with more with Dr. Brian Weinstein. And we've got Norm Pappas co-hosting right after this break on Startup Nation Radio. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. We're hearing uh, from a fascinating guy with a fascinating story, Dr. and Norm, of course, I mean you too, but I was actually referring to Dr. Brian Weinstein, who's started out his career, you know, helping people from a health standpoint, and now expanded all of that, drawing upon that knowledge and the experience that he's learned and the areas of opportunity that he's recognized as a result of being in that position, has started a series of businesses all related but it's, uh, it's quite a breadth of work. Norm, I know you had a question for Brian. I'm going to turn it to you, and then we'll go right to Brian. Yeah, I, I also have a comment. I mean, Brian, is you can hear, has a lot of energy, and yet he likes to learn. And he recently joined Vistage, so he's a good student at what he does, except he doesn't know how to do a drop shot in tennis yet. He likes to hit all heart. <laughs> but he's, he's a student, lifelong student, which is what business people need to do. But I know you're going to be interested in how does he get it all done. Well, so. it's amazing. I can't believe it. But the first question I have is who wins when the two of you face off in the court? It depends. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. You guys, I, you're both hedging. You're both hedging. No need to be nice. <laughs> Let me hear it. Brian, who wins? Well, I think that if I'm moving my feet and I'm having a pretty good day serving big, I think I have a little bit of an edge on Norm. But Norm is remarkable. Yeah. Norm can get to so many balls and. As long as he gets the ball back over the net, there's an opportunity for me to miss. And Norm has beat me plenty of times. So, yeah, but you know, Brian, it's almost 50-50. Yeah, Brian's a power player. I just have yeah. to bring a psychiatrist along to help him and uh, <laughs> well, deal with the short shots. Well, it's interesting. I find this very interesting. You guys are both very competitive. When Norm first introduced me to you and said he was bringing you on the show, he talked about all your business endeavors and how incredible it was. And then he said... You know, I get to play Brian on the court a lot, too, in tennis, and I beat him every time. So I don't know. Uh, Norm, yeah, doesn't, right. Norm doesn't have it at 50-50, but that's a subject for another day. Yeah. Uh, Brian, you'll Actually, have to... he, he might be even generous at 50-50. Ah, there you go. I love that competitive <laughs> spirit. Now, Brian, here you've got all this stuff going on, and I have, you know, I do, too. Uh, I, know, I certainly know Norm does. We're kind of guys with active minds and a lot going on. It really drives us. I think the more we have going on, probably the better we are at each thing. Amazingly, counterintuitively. But Brian, how do you manage all of this? You know, what's kind of your process? How do you, how do you stay on top of it all and make it successful? Well, I, I don't want to just, you know, I, I, want, I don't want to discount the fact that I do spend a lot of time with my family. I got an amazing wife, Roya, and I got three amazing children. And 
you know, really, you know, the skiing and the tennis was great, but all of my time, you know, gets spent uh, to my, you know, for my children. So I think that, you know, if you're blessed to be a dad, that probably trumps just about everything. And indeed, I do get a lot of time to be with them and it's a blessing. And I'm very fortunate to spend you know a lot of time with them. That's my, that's my number one, uh, you know, number one job is being a dad. So I, I, I love that role. That's beautiful. Um, to, you know, but it still begs the question, but it still begs the question and maybe even more so, you know, given your emphasis on your family, which is a wonderful thing, but you know, still you've got these other uh, children in your life, these businesses that you're parenting, you know, how do you do it? How do you stay on top of it all? Well, so, you know, like I mentioned before, Jeff, you know, I've learned that so it really, you really can't get anywhere unless you're part of a team. And so, you know, listen, I delegate. I mean, I, I reckon, I trust and I delegate. I'm not always right. Um, I, I certainly have been burned before, um, but I wouldn't do it any other way. I mean, you know, I'd like to say that through those, uh, through those uh, uh, negative things comes lessons and you learn from those things. So there's no such thing as, you know, something negative, but I got to tell you, you know, I, I find people that can do the things I don't do well. And if I find those people, then they do it better. They do it more efficiently. And I trust and and I, I share the pie. I mean, if I go on, a, if I take a venture on, you know, everybody is going to benefit from it. I, I, I'm, I'm not greedy. I really enjoy more the journey for me. And I know yes. that sounds a little yeah. trite, but it's, it's really true. Yeah. I love the journey. I love creating things and I love taking care of people. So everything I create is really about that. And I just, I just surround myself with really, really good people. And I think that's how I have the time to do other things. You know, one of the common threads, Norm, and it doesn't surprise me being who you are, uh, that I find through the series of guests you've brought on to Startup Nation Radio over the last few months, people, you know, talk about values. You know, these great businessmen talk about values. They talk about culture. They almost put these things first. And here we are with Brian again, you know, putting his family first and, and other things like that. So, you know, it's really, boy, it occurs to me that successful people are, are generally, and maybe surprisingly, really well-rounded people with their emphasis in, on the right things. You know, I think it's part and parcel of why they're successful. You know, and Brian is a very good father. And in fact, it's hard to get him to play tennis because he spends so much time with the kids, but I give him a lot of credit. Yeah, it's incredible. Thanks, Norm. Thank you, Norm. It's incredible. So, Brian, one of the things that I find in people who have a lot going on to their advantage is that there's a core business that they've mastered and that core business drives revenue and, and it, it, it drives, you know, cash resources to then deploy into these other things. So you, I love the way you first built a practice, you know, medical practice, you generated revenue off of that. And now you're deploying that revenue that, you know, excess cash or whatever it may be into the start of these various other businesses. And that gives you a leg up and a chance to kind of take your own risks early on rather than having to go find money to make these things go. That's an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've never really, uh, you know, taken on debt. I've always grown relatively organic and, uh, yeah, I've deployed that money into multiple companies. And again, it's just, it's just enjoyable. I just really have enjoyed the journey and I find it fascinating. And, you know, it's just, if you can build something that can help more people and you can leverage yourself, then that's an amazing opportunity. It's a great, it's a great thing. And so what is, um, you know, you mentioned you love helping people. You love the journey. What is that, you know, just to kind of paint the picture for us. What is that journey like? I mean, what and what is it specifically that you like about it? So 
are you, you know, do you get up every day and you've got your list of companies and you check in with each of the teams and you're injecting creative ideas and progressive uh, thinking and strategies and so on for their growth? Is that what stimulates you? What is it specifically? Yeah, I mean, you know, right now we're unifying our three primary brands, you know, Summit Psychiatry, Peak Pharmacy, and Life Skills Village, and we're unifying it under one group. And, you know, and, and, you know, and, I, have, and I have an integrator, uh, uh, Adam Kaplan, and I have uh, another integrator at Life Skills Village, you know, and a clinical director, uh, you know, Nate Garden and Jeff Wilbur. And so I, I got an amazing team. And so I work with my team and I work with the, the people that, you know, our, we're, we're, what we're doing is we're unifying all these three brands and we're building a large uh, telepsychiatry, telebehavioral health uh, company right now. So that's exciting. And I'm probably involved in that on a, on a daily basis, on an hourly basis when I'm not seeing patients. Some, you know, the other company, you know, ABR is being run uh, by a wonderful person, uh, Michelle Yasso. And so she's really running it. And I kind of just trust in her that she's running it. I don't, I don't really uh, talk about that company too much because I can only do so much. And she's been doing that for a really long time. And uh, the nursing home company, I don't, I don't run anymore. I merged it with another company a long, long time ago. So, you know, my primary focus right now is, is just building a unified brand and, and growing something into a large telebehavioral company so that we can re- really reach out to just so many people and affect so many lives that are isolated and cannot, you know, cannot get uh, mental health resources. And I, so I'm really, really super pumped about, about, the, uh, about telecommunications and telehealth and about where we are today. Sure. We're seeing such change. Speaking with our earlier guest, Mark Manzo, we talked about how you know, even big, big companies are being impacted by this crisis and forcing change that may, in fact, believe it or not, may be for the better down the road. And I think that we're probably seeing this, some of the same things happening in, in medicine and healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially in psychiatry and in psychology. I mean, you know, I can, I can treat my patients every bit, if not even better, uh, doing it online, believe it or not. They're, they're more comfortable. They're in the comfort of their own home. They're less intimidated. They don't have to drive out to my practice. And I can see them and I can talk to them. And we, 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 we both have a lot more time to take care, you know, for me to take care of them. So right. I have more time. They have more time. And it's super cool. And so I'm trying to, you know, I'm building these services. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's one uh, area that is really going uh, it, to, it's nice to see some, uh, it's nice to see some light in these gray clouds right now. Yeah, for sure. By and, the way. Yep, Norm. Jeff, you can hear, I mean, Brian's got a good bedside manner, mm. even though I, I don't see him as a doctor, but he also emphasizes <laughs> the good people that are around him and really what can he do to help his clients, much like Mark did. Agreed. And much like Mark, embracing change and, you know, moving with the change instead of trying to go against the stream, against the flow, moving with it and, and taking advantage of the change as an opportunity to create new models, new businesses, new ways of doing business and, uh, and creating efficiencies and greater productivities and so on. I think that's one of the, you know, that along with the, you know, just the values-based perspective on managing your business and driving your business forward. Those are a couple of things that came out during the show that I think are just absolute hallmarks of this show. Both guests, amazing. Brian, thank you so much for being on. I wish we had more time, but great to have you on and hearing your incredible story. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the slopes one day. Uh, you got it, Jeff. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity, and everybody I hope is well and healthy and stays focused on their mission and whatever makes them happy, and 
whatever makes them feel driven. I, I hope I hope that's for everyone. That's a great message, and it's from the heart I know. And uh, we really thank you. Really thank you for being on and sharing your story. All right, back again next week with more on Startup Nation Radio. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.